Hey everyone, welcome back and thank you so much again for listening to the Rebuilding Relationships podcast. Today I'm so excited that I have a guest who is a breast cancer survivor and I thought what better way to end the month of October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, than with a guest who has survived breast cancer. So Crystal Watterson is going to be with us today. I'm so excited to have her on. She is going to really just tell us how she got through, how she survived, and how she's thriving today, how she was able to build relationships even stronger um, than prior to her diagnosis, and how having breast cancer um, really served her. Um, in such a way that she never thought would be possible. So just sit down, relax, and listen to this great episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, and welcome to the Rebuilding Relationships podcast. My name is Carrie Vasquez, and I'm a relationship coach and strategist. But most importantly, I am a Jesus lover. I'm a wife, a mom to five children, and a grandmom. Each week, I'll be here with a guest or a message to help you love yourself deeper, fall in love again, and restore your relationships with God and others. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rebuilding Relationships podcast. I am really, really excited about today's episode. Uh, Today, I have a guest for you all. I have the beautiful Crystal Watterson. And Crystal, welcome to the show. And I should have asked you this before. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you did. Yes, Uh, yes, you did. I have... um, you know what? I have, I have a beautiful last name and I you thank do. my husband for that. But it's so funny because the, the, I, for so many years, people would say crystal water, like crystal water. <laughs> yes. did, did you plan that? And I'm like, yes. no, I didn't. Yes. <laughs> oh, I so, love yes, it. Thank you for asking. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No worries. I, you know, we, sometimes we get on and we just go by first name basis, but then I wanted to be sure I gave you a proper inter- introduction. Oh. So Crystal is a relationship coach, just like myself. And I am so excited to have you on. I'm so glad that we connected. Um, I loved our conversation conversation about how there is just enough space for all of us and how we are just here to serve others. So I'm glad to have you on the show. She is also a wife, a mom, and she is a breast cancer survivor. Um, So I'm so happy to bring you this episode because being that it is October and it is Breast Cancer Survivor Month, I um, wanted to be sure that I served um, my audience with giving them an episode um, from someone who has been through it. And and Crystal, I'm so appreciative um, that you were willing to come on the show. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I am super excited to be here. I loved our conversation um, the first time we spoke, and I just knew that we needed to talk more, that there were so many things, so many more things that um, could come out of that. And um, um, yeah, so thank you for a wonderful introduction. I am a mom. I am a wife, a wife of, of um, 20, just over 23 years, been together a little longer than that, but a, a wife of 23 years and a mom of three amazing um, God-given beings that I am, 
you know, just blessed beyond measure with. And, um, yeah. And, and I'm still here talking about being a breast cancer survivor. I mean, I, you know what it, it was, um, it is one of those things that, um, you can truly choose how you want to look at that and how you want to react to it. And, um, I choose joy. I just choose joy. I get to be here and te- and and to share my story with other people, um, people that are going through this and people that are scared and frightened because they've just gotten the diagnosis, all the way to the other side of it. You know, people that are like myself that have been fortunate to, um, you know, to really fight that battle and um, come out on the, the, the on, you know, on the other side as a much healthier I think happier person. So, oh, that's awesome. That is so awesome. So, let's start with so you've been married for just over 23 years. How old are your kiddos? My oldest son, our oldest son, I should say, is he will be 21 this weekend. As a matter of fact, he'll be 21 on Sunday. Um, Our next son is 19. And then we have a beautiful 15 year old daughter. So awesome. Oh, that is so great. I love how you rephrased and you said our son because, you know, it's funny. I, I tend to always say my and my husband always corrects me and he'll say our and, and I say, well, honey, I, it's just because I'm having the conversation and you're not here. And but uh, but I loved how you corrected that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, awesome. My husband and I used to kid each other about that all the time. I'm like, whenever he does something that I don't like, he's yours. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's, that's always all the time. I still do that. Um, I don't, you know, and my husband, he is technically stepdad to our Four, my first four children. And, and there's days that they, you know, if someone does something that I don't like, I will say, your daughter did this, or your son did this. <laughs> and he looks at me like, at that moment, he's willing to be like, uh, no. <laughs> actually. Like, no, they're all yours today. <laughs> yeah. So that's great. You know, I love the way you say that. Um, because, you know, step up, uh, Parenting in general is not for the faint of heart, (laughs) as we all know if you're a parent. Um, Step parenting is definitely not for the faint of heart. And it takes very, very special people in this world to be be step parents, or as some people call it, bonus parents, which I also love hearing. Um, But yeah, that that is one of those things that um, I truly... you know, throw all of my respect to parents because that is a tough job to walk that line between what is my responsibility and, and, and where does my, you know, where does my love and my responsibility stop, um, so that I am not, um, overstepping my boundaries right so it's it it, that's that's a tough one and god bless those who do yes exactly i love that you point that out because it is so so true um i tell myself i don't know that i could be (laughs) i thank god that i am not not that if i had to be i wouldn't i would but Um, sometimes I just think there's a reason why God allows some of us to do certain things and others don't, you know, um, because I, I do, I have to, I give my husband credit, um, all the time because it is, it's a very, very difficult, I mean, they're my children and there's days that I'm like, okay, (laughs) you're getting on my last nerve. (laughs) 
Exactly. Exactly. So. Oh, I know that so well. There are those days. Woo. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, it's so great when we can relate, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And as mothers, I think we can all do that. I mean, there's just, there is no perfection in the world of parenting. Um, sometimes I feel like my children are parenting me. There are oh. occasions where, you know, they say some really wise things yes. and I'm like, oh, yes. I just learned so much yes. from Yes. <laughs> there yes. are some days that they're doing the parenting, I feel like, and I'm on the receiving end. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. I have um, definitely grown a lot more relaxed in my latter years of parenting than my earlier years of parenting. And it has become a much more fun, um, you know, a fun job. Not that it's really a job, but it, it, it has yeah. become oh, yeah. so much more fun to realize that, um, you know, my children are these amazing people mm-hmm. and that God already wrote their story. Right. Yes. And that I don't have to direct their every yes. move to make sure that I control how that plays out. All I have to do is trust in God that yes. he, um, you know, that, that, that he moves them yes. to, to live out the story that he wrote for them. And, and, and I don't have to micromanage it all. Oh, I I love, love, love what you're saying because you're speaking to me right now in this moment (laughs) because (laughs) I, um, it, you know, it's so true. I mean, I think a lot of times as parents and especially moms, we just want our children to be okay. So we try to, you know, direct them, guide them, control them, (laughs) and we just want it to be perfect for them. But what you're saying, um, I agree 100% that we're just here to kind of be that uh, that parent in the sense of, you know, they need their, their minors. So they need a home, a roof over their head, and uh, That's right. they need a guardian. And really, you know... Um, and you're so right. God has already written their story. So I love that. Like I said, it's speaking to me because, you know, I still have young ones that I, even though I say it gets harder as they get older. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, I still worry about them sometimes. But oh, absolutely. if we can replace that worrying with remembering that, hey, you know, God's got them. He's created them. He's He already knows the beginning from the end. And, you know, so... That's good. I love that. And and I know that with my kids too, I learn so much from them. Um, sometimes they are just a clear reflection of me. And if I take a moment to see that and to listen, um, then I can actually see myself in them and realize, oh, wow, wait a minute. Um, maybe this is something that I need to change in me first because I've taught them this. And therefore, then maybe they can start to go through that process of change. Um, so I think that they are, they're definitely great teachers for us if we, you know, if we let them and we allow them. Absolutely. Um, if we're so willing I, to, if we are willing yes. to receive that, I, I couldn't agree more. We yes. have to be willing to receive that. And they are, um, you know, there are times, just like you said, there are times that I see things that they do or things that they say, or even mm-hmm. expressions, um, whatever actions that they take. And I think, you know, that they, that is definitely learned from me. And I find myself saying, okay, wait, hold up. I know I probably taught you that, yes. but 
you know what? That's probably not the best approach. <laughs> yes, yes. Take oh. from me, I've learned the hard way. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So take us back. Let's go back. So now that we know, have some uh, perspective, like in terms of your children and how old they are, take us back to when you found out that you had breast cancer, your diagnosis, um, and, and how your children and your husband handled that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's um, it's you know it is one of those things that there are, there are moments in your life where things are really seem surreal. And you know, I know um, I've always heard that word, and I've always thought that I had um, encountered some of those moments. Um, and then when this um, happened, I realized what the, the word surreal really meant. Um, and, or more importantly, what that true feeling was that kind of overcomes your body. And it's like, Whoa, hold up. I, I, I almost could see myself at the, you know, now that I look back at, I can almost see myself when I, I heard the news separate from my body and, and be, and, and see my body sitting there receiving this. Um, and my, my self kind of saying, um, whoa, this isn't really for me, right? This isn't really meant for me. So, um, it, it it was a very surreal experience. It was almost as as if I was living in two or in, in kind of in a duality at that moment. Um, but I was, um, 45 years old. No one in my, in my family has ever had any type of cancer, let alone breast cancer. Um, so it never, ever occurred to me that this might be something that would affect me. Um, I've always participated in breast cancer walks and things like that for friends and been a part of their tribe and cheered them on. And, you know, all of the things that we do when we know someone uh, that is, you know, affected by breast cancer. But I just never believed at any moment that it would be me. And um, I, you know, I was, however, I will say I was very proactive in doing self-examinations. it was just something that I was always taught to do, so I just did it. And um, I had, starting in, like, say, um, February, I believe it was, I kept feeling what I felt like was some very small pebble size of, um, you know, of, um, I guess for lack of a better word, as everybody wants to use lump, it didn't really feel like a lump. It just felt like something abnormal. And it was just a little like a hard pebble. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch this. And so, um, it went by a couple of months and it, it, you know, it really did, wasn't, wasn't a lot of change, but it didn't go away, Mm -hmm. which was my alert to say, Hey, okay, it's time to go and, um, check you know, get this checked out. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately I had a mammogram and that's never pleasant or fun for any of us, mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> um, but it, you know, you know, necessary, just not fun. But right. I, I, I had the mammogram and it came back with no, you know, abnormal results. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, that's great. I'm really, you know, this, I'm probably overthinking this, which I tend to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went another, that was in, um, April, And so I went through another two months and it still wasn't gone. Mm. So I went back to the doctor, to my, my 
gynecologist and I said, you know, it's still there. And she felt it. And she really said, Crystal, I don't feel anything. However, you are so adamant that you do that. Um, let's send you for a better look, right? Let's, Mm -hmm. let's let you have a better, get you a better look. So they did, um, an ultrasound. She sent me for an ultrasound and the ultrasound did pick up something that looked, you know, mildly suspicious. Mm-hmm. And, um, from there I went, you know, to radiology for, um, the suggested biopsy. Um, and so in, um, this kind of all went from July to very early August, right? Okay. So I kind of skipped a couple of months. I went back in July and she's like, I don't really see anything, but let's get you in for an ultrasound. And it wasn't, um, I didn't get in, you know, like the next day. So there was a couple of weeks that went by there and, um, then went in for a biopsy in early August. And, um, I will never forget the words uh, that came out of the radiologist's mouth. And Mm -hmm. she said, Crystal, I'm going to be very honest with you. She goes, a path. She goes, I'm going to send this to pathology. Obviously, mm-hmm. she goes, a pathologist is going to have to work very hard to convince me that this is not cancer. Mm-hmm. So, when a, you know, when a, a doctor says those words to you, you mm-hmm. really know right away, like, okay, now it's time to get concerned. Mm-hmm. Wow, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, those those were some those were some difficult words to hear because that was the first time I had, I had to feel really concerned. Um, and she said, we will call you with the results. Um, the next day, uh, I did get that call. The -hmm. doctor called, um, my husband was, um, uh, on his way back from work Mm -hmm. and, um, actually he had went had had to drive actually about three hours away that day for um, a meeting. And so he was in a different state, but you know, uh, uh, trying to make his way back. Um, and my, you know, he kind of, my kids and I are extremely close. Um, especially my oldest son, we have just always been, um, super, super close. And so he, um, he had said to my oldest son, make sure that, you know, you, um, kind of touch base with mom and see if she gets results and whatever. So the doctor called and it was actually nurse. And she said, Hey, Mrs. Watterson, can I, um, to have a few minutes of your time. If you're available, the doctor would like to speak with you. And I said, yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, um, the doctor got on the phone. It was the same radiologist. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, Mrs. Watterson, she said, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, so, um, matter of fact, you know, yeah. it was, there was no, um, like, let's talk around this mm-hmm. or let's be gentle with this or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And, she said, um, Mrs. Watterson, I did get your results back. You do have breast cancer. Oh, wow. And he, I mean, just very matter of fact like that. Oh. She said, can you get a pen, a pen and a piece of paper? I need you to write some things down. And I'm like, um, okay. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. Hold on. Slow down. Like <laughs> at this moment I was kind of like on autopilot and I'm right. like, okay. So I get to pen and paper and she's like, okay, you have, you know, invasive ductal carcinoma and it's this size and it's this da 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 da. And, and she said, I really want you to see a surgeon and I've got someone for you to see tomorrow. Oh wow. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, hold, hold on just a second. Right. I'm like, 
and 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 to be honest with you, the only words I, I couldn't think of anything to ask. Right? Mm-hmm. I I really couldn't think of anything to ask. She said, "Do you have questions?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like sitting there. My brain, it was like my brain wouldn't come up with any questions. Right. And deep down, I knew I had to have some, right? Because you don't get news like that and not have questions. Right. And so um, I said, my only question was, how soon am I going to die? Oh. And she goes, no, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> She's like, wait a minute. You are, you know, you are way ahead of, of where we are right now. She goes, you know, I believe your cancer to be stage one. And I believe that we've caught this very early. Thank you to your persistence. And she's like, you know, so we're not there. That's, that's, yes. you know, do you have any other kind of questions? Right. That's what she's really trying to say. Right. Do you have any other questions? And so um, that is really, that is the day that I was diagnosed. It was August 9th. Um, so that would have been 2017, August 9th of 2017. Mm -hmm. And, um, I hung up and I thought, okay, so what do I do now? What, what do I do now? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have this news. What do I do with this? (laughs) Um, I, I, I called, ironically, I called my son Mm-hmm. first. And I said, the doctor just called and he goes, don't say another word. I'll be right there. Yeah. So he, you know, like hung up the phone, got in his car and started driving home. And then I called my husband and I said, I got, you know, I got the call from the doctor and, um, he's like, okay, what did she say? And I repeated and he's like, okay, did you ask her this? Did you ask her this? Did you I'm like thinking, where were you like 10 minutes right. ago? <laughs> right. Uh, I had no questions I could think yeah. of asking. And um, he said, okay, I'm on my way. I'm about two hours away. I am driving as fast as I can. I'll get there, you know? And, um, and, um, so he, you know, my, my, my oldest son walks in in what seems like record time Mm -hmm. and, um, coming, he's, as he's coming through the house and I hear him saying, mom, mom, where are Mm -hmm. you? And it dawned on me. This was the first, this was what was crazy. This was the first time it dawned on me that I was in my bedroom closet. I was Mm. literally in my walk-in closet in my master bedroom, sitting on the floor with the doors closed. And I'm like, why am I in the closet? Right. What am I doing in here? But it was, I I guess, you know, I look back at it now and it was like, um, I was in a huge, big house by myself and this space felt small and, and, um, you know, and comfortable Mm -hmm. and I think really controllable, right? Right. I can control my environment in a small space like that. Mm -hmm. And these are all things, believe me, I didn't know at the time I had to learn over over a lot of reflection and, and, um, really a lot of self-work. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I, that was the first point I realized, okay, I'm, I'm literally hiding in a closet and I don't have any idea why. Yeah. so yeah, my, my son came in and he's like, mom, like you got this, like you're the toughest person I know. Oh, you know awesome. you, yeah, <laughs> he was, yeah, he was amazing, but he was like, you've got this, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the words that he said are, I swear to you, the thing that probably I relied on so many times throughout this experience 
he kept saying, Mom, this is not the end of your story. This is just the beginning. Oh, and I'm that's thinking, awesome. okay, who raised this kid, right? <laughs> now, were you like bawling at this point? Were oh, you yeah, numb? Yeah, I were was. You? Okay. Yeah, I was. Um, I, I, you know, and I at first I was doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he started out throwing out these words of wisdom. And I'm like, okay. I, and at that point, I just felt like, okay. I can be super vulnerable now because there's somebody here that I trust so yeah. much yeah. that I can receive what he's saying to mm-hmm. me and, and allow myself to be vulner- vulnerable back. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was, it was quite the experience. And, and, you know, I will honestly say, yes, there are really tough days when you're, when you're going through treatment and you're battling breast cancer and you're whatever it is, whatever mm-hmm. your situation is. Um, they're really tough days, but I can't remember one any more tough than the day you hear the news, you yes. know, at least for me, yes. maybe not everyone feels that way, but for me, I really felt like after I got first past that first couple of days of mm-hmm. replaying that news over and mm-hmm. over in my head, um, I really felt like, okay, the worst is over. Mm-hmm. The worst is over. Mm-hmm. I know that I have this. I know that I have to deal with this. Right. So the worst part is over. And now I just have to move forward with what I know has to be done. Right, right. Now, if you go back a little bit, now when you told your husband and your husband was away, um, and I only think, I, I, I think this would be me, were you upset or angry that your husband wasn't there? So, you know, funny, it, it is funny. People ask me that. And I um, was not angry at all. Mm-hmm. And I actually, even to the point, even like part of me was just like, you know, so um, almost crying out that I needed him to be there. Mm-hmm. Like in, you know, I'm like, I can't, it, it was almost like an, I can't wait until he gets here kind of thing because yeah. I just need to see his face. Yeah. But at the other, t- at the other part, I'm kind of glad I was alone mm-hmm. when she called. Yes. You know, he had been with me the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, so he already knew the words that she had said. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had said that morning, I'm going to cancel this meeting in case she calls. And I said, no, this is pathology that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. This could be two or three days. You know, yes. I don't want you to do that. And um, because she didn't say, I will call you tomorrow. She said, right. I will call you when I have the results. Right. And um, um, so... There, there definitely was no anger, mm-hmm. almost to the point where I was, I, 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 now that I see it, I think I preferred to get that news on my own right. so yeah. that I knew exactly how to process it. Sure. Because I can imagine if someone else is standing there mm-hmm. and they're hearing that, um, about the person that they love the most in the world. Right. Yeah. And they're, and they're, I think I truly believe that I would have been more upset for him yeah. than I was for myself. Sure, like trying to so, um, him. I, I kind of feel like, um, yeah, I, I never felt any anger about that. God, that's awesome. That's awesome. How did your other kids take it? Well, that was a different story. Um, <laughs> my, you know, my oldest son, he is, he's just so, um, he's, he's just, um, so, so strong. He's always been extremely strong and all my kids are, but him to a different kind of level. Um, I think it's just a first child thing. Um, and, but he, um, you know, he was, he was two weeks away 
from leaving for the military academy or royal he was actually had to do um boot camp so he had to miss his first semester of college to go to boot camp for 15 weeks and then um started college military academy his the second semester and so he was two weeks away from this and in my mind i'm like oh i don't want to have to tell him this because you know i know him well enough to know he's going to say i'm going to postpone this i'm going to whatever i'm going to change my life Mm -hmm. um and i was like that's the last thing i want And so, of course, the first thing that came out of his mouth was, Mom, I'm going to postpone. I'm going to see. I'm calling my, you know, I'm I'm calling my recruiter. I'm going to see if I or my instructor, see if I can get this postponed. And I need to be here for you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not. mm -mm. You're not changing anything. We are moving full steam ahead, just like, you know, just like we were yesterday. Um, But the only thing I said to him, let's not tell your brother and sister yet, because I am uncertain how they will take this. Um, my middle son and I have also always had an extremely strong bond. And um, he was, as a child, he for about a year was very sick and ended up having to have double kidney surgery, not a transplant, but had blockage in his kidneys. And, you know, from that moment on, it was like he and I were inseparable because, you know, I um, we just formed a whole different kind of bond when we were laying in a hospital bed for right. two weeks. And so um, he and I had this very special bond and he's super soft hearted. Mm-hmm. Like he is the mm-hmm. kind of person that would literally give you the shirt off his back, the yes. last dollar he had in his pocket or right. whatever. And so I was like, okay, you know, um, I'm not certain how he's going to take this. And he was approaching, he, he actually was in his, um, well, school started in August. So he had literally just started his senior year of high school. And I'm like, man, so many fun things happen during your senior year. And I don't want that to be on, you know, I don't want that to hinder or block anything that you would otherwise do. And so, um, you know, I said to my, my, to my oldest son, don't say anything to your brother and sister yet, because I have no idea how we're going to tell them this. So let me talk to your dad first and we'll figure this out and then we'll figure out how we're going to say that to them. And so, um, yeah, so my oldest son's like, no problem, you know, whatever, we've got this. And, um, here I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, all these things are happening and oh my gosh, you know, uh, it's time to go pick up my daughter from school. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm like, you know, how am I going to pull this off in the car without her? And my son's like, no, 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 I've got this. Like, let me go get her. I'm going to take her for ice cream after school, you know, whatever we'll, we'll do this. Give dad, that'll give dad chance to get home and you, and you know, him can, um, can have some time together. And, and so, like I said, so blessed to have Mm. children that are so wise beyond their years. And so that, that's kind of the route that we took. So the next, I didn't tell them the first day (laughs) and, 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 you know, they're like, wait, how come he got to know? And we didn't get to know until late, you know? And so, um, but, uh, it was, it was very different because I knew that they received things in a different way. So I had to, had to, to give this to them mm-hmm. in a different way. And I'm sure you wanted to also be a little stronger. When oh, you absolutely. It, right. Yeah, sure. absolutely. I really did. I needed to make sure that I had my head wrapped around it because look, yeah. if I wasn't convincing, they weren't going to be convinced. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, did you go the very next day to the surgeon? I did. Okay. We did. We went, we went to a surgeon the very next day mm-hmm. and, um, 
Um, on top of all of that, I never get sick. I really don't. I don't get colds. I don't get flu. I mean, it's just, I just don't really get sick. And I woke up the next morning really early, like 4.30 a.m. And I was super nauseated and just sick. And I'm like, oh, no, this is going to be a really bad day. And my husband goes, it's probably just nerves, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm pretty sure I have a fever. Yeah. <laughs> and I had somehow worked myself into this little sickness, you know, with yeah. a fever and all. Wow. And so, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to see that surgeon. So I, we did. We went to see the surgeon. Um, he was very reassuring you know, we've got this, like you've got this early, I think, you know, here's what my plan would be. And, um, I really want you to, um, give this some thought and, and, you know, tell me what questions you have. And then we can talk about getting you started on treatment next week. That's what they said next week. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. (laughs) I want, we walked out of there and I looked at my husband and I said, you do realize I'm not going into treatment next week. Right. (laughs) And he goes, I had no doubt. Like I knew you were not going to do that. And, um, I am such a, a, I am a person that has to research probably I, I overthink I research and it's something that I've really worked on myself um to undo to kind of rewire my brain over the past year or so mm-hmm. um because I've just always been an overthinker and an right. overanalyzer right. and um and so um and that's yeah, a great so thing I, you know, I think that's awesome because so so many times we have to be you know our best yeah. advocate I mean just look at the you. situation where you had you went ahead you felt this you were proactive you had your mammogram nothing showed up again Again, you went back again. Um, and if it wasn't for that, um, you know, who knows what would have happened. But, um, right. but yeah, that's good. So now, did the surgeon suggest, what did he, what was his suggestion in terms of? Um, he suggested that we do um, ke- uh, chemotherapy mm-hmm. prior to surgery and he wanted to do a lumpectomy, no mastectomy or anything like that because he felt that it was small enough and that with chemo prior to surgery that it would, you know, if there was any remaining, um, um, tumor left that, you know, it would be small enough to do a a small lumpectomy. And he was very confident, obviously very skilled. Um, you know, this, he, he was a wonderful doctor. Um, it just wasn't, I just wasn't ready for that. I just wasn't ready to, to make that decision that quickly. Mm -hmm. And so I said, um, now I can't do that. I have to, I have to see what else is available. And so I, um, did a lot of research over the weekend because I happened to be a Friday and I did a lot of research over the weekend and, um, even into early the next week and called a couple of different, um, um, oncologist and, you know, wanted to have another meeting with them or with, with, to get a second opinion. And I'm so proactive that I'm like, even a second opinion doesn't really work for me. I want a third. Um, Mm -hmm. the second opinion was very, very similar to his. Mm -hmm. Um, and then somebody suggested I seek out, um, MD Anderson in Houston Mm -hmm. as an option for another opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, you know, give that some thought, called them, did schedule an appointment, And it was a few weeks down the road. Um, Lo and behold, um, 
during that time, I kept doing research because I kept feeling like, oh, and, and I did get, you know, additional results back by then with the doctor calling me back. And she said it is. Um, so you have what's called triple positive cancer, which meant it was um, not only hormonally driven, but it was also what they call HER2 positive, which is a little more of an aggressive, mm-hmm. you know, some people would say a lot more aggressive. Yes. Um, I, 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 you know, I use the term, it's a little more aggressive than, um, a, you know, a, 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 ba- a regular hormonal type driven cancer, you know, mm-hmm. it's all cancer, you know, none yeah. of it's, none of it's pleasant. So I, I, you know, I, I choose to look at it like one's a little more aggressive than the other, okay. um, which required a different type of treatment. Okay. It, however, I will say that it took three times of testing to even come back with a positive result on that. So yeah. she was like, I will say it's mildly positive, very mildly positive. Mm. So she said, I would say that's not your, you know, that's not what we are treating the most, but that's definitely because it's aggressive. We have to, um, look at that fact. And, and so knowing these results, I started seeking out other options and I thought, you know, um, having been in the pharmaceutical industry early on out of college, I'm like, I, you know, I, I know there's clinical trials and I know there's other things out there and I wanted to see what my other options were. And, um, as I'm waiting for this appointment to, you know, slowly arrive and to us to make our trip to, um, to Houston, Mm -hmm. I, um, had heard of cancer treatment centers of America and, um, started doing some research and lo and behold, found a clinical trial for the exact type of cancer that I had Mm-hmm. That if I chose to participate, I would not see receive traditional chemotherapy, mm-hmm. but I would receive immunotherapy mm-hmm. with some hormonal drug as you know as mm-hmm. um, kind of a second layer. And what's, and what's I, immuno? I that was awesome. You said immuno. Therapy. Yeah, immunotherapy. You know, a lot of um, you know, as you follow, and, and most people aren't unless they're in them. You know, and they're they're in the need for this. But mm-hmm. if you follow, um, especially breast cancer treatment, but mm-hmm. cancer, I think in general, is becoming a very individualized, customized, um, treated disease. Mm-hmm. And um, with immunotherapy, there are so many other options where they're not using necessarily the harshest chemotherapies, which I'm not de- debating that those aren't necessary in some cases. They very, I'm sure they very much are. I'm not a physician, mm-hmm. but I, 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 you know, I, I trust physicians and mm-hmm. I assume they very much are. Um, but I liked the idea that they had a, a an immunotherapy drug developed mm-hmm. that could really work with your immune system mm-hmm. to target the specific type of cell mm-hmm. that you were trying to get rid of right. to stop that replication of that mm-hmm. type of cell. And it did this with the help of your own immune system. Wow. Okay. And I really, really liked the, when I, the more I read, the more I researched, the more questions I asked, I really liked the idea of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, because that makes sense to me, yeah, you know, sure. I had a hard time wrapping my brain around how they could, they were going to kill all of my cells, good and bad. And then I'm right. And so I had a really hard time wrapping my brain around this. And when I found out about this immunotherapy, um, you know, solution, I, I said, 
wait a minute, I think this is what's right for me. Huh. And um, I found they were doing this clinical trial in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so I called and I said, I need to speak with the doctor. And they're like, well, we usually have you to speak with the case manager first. And I said, no, 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 I need to speak with the doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, for you. I want to hear from the doctor. <laughs> and um, lo and behold, this wonderful man called me back about 30 minutes later (laughs) and um, I I asked him a million questions and he said, if everything that you're telling me is accurate, you know, type of cancer, size of cancer, all these things, he goes, you're a perfect candidate for this clinical trial. I'm like, perfect. He goes, where do you live? I go, Atlanta. He goes, you do know I'm in Chicago. And I said, yeah, I don't care. And he said, uh, I said, I have family close to Chicago. I can stay as long as I need to stay. And he said, "Um, but wait a minute. The good news is our um, director of clinical research at Cancer Treatment Centers of America is in Atlanta. And he just opened the same trial at the facility there. Wow. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, really? What what are the chances? Right? Was that God or was it God? (laughs) The craziest part is we had this, this appointment at MD Anderson in Houston. Mm -hmm. Two days later. Oh, wow. Do you know that was when the hurricane came through? Oh, wow. MD Anderson actually flooded the bottom one or two floors in their facility, and they had to close down for three days to get Uh, the water all cleaned up, which was when my appointment was supposed to be. And they called and said, we're going to have to cancel you, but we'll reschedule you as soon as we get you know, uh, back in, right. in full operation. Right. So, you know, um, there is no one in this world that could ever convince me that God doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> and I think that's such a beautiful, like, picture of, like, when one door opens and another one closes Absolutely. and, you know, how to just, you know, when you're, and also a great picture of faith because, you know, I always say faith without works is is dead right and exactly. so you were in action you were your own advocate you were just um you know doing your research and making the calls and and being pushy that's awesome yes. <laughs> you know and and you got your answers and um so that is awesome now did you ever think about doing like a holistic approach or was that ever a thought I did I I definitely did um and, and I'll be honest I still think had I not had any aspect of the hurt to positive component, I think I very much would have initially went a fully holistic route. Mm -hmm. Um, But knowing that the hurt to positive um, aspect made it um, more aggressive, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I um, decided that because there was this immunotherapy um, treatment that was called Herceptin that was specifically for that type of, um, um, you know, positive result, I thought, okay, this is there for a reason. And so I'm going to do this, but I'm incorporating my holistic approach into all this as well. I completely overnight went to a plant-based diet Mm -hmm. to, um, uh, you know, I no sugar, no alcohol. No, I'm not, I've never been a huge drinker. I like the occasional glass of red wine. Mm -hmm, (laughs) And so, uh, but I mean, no, I did no sugar. I did no alcohol. I did no, I I didn't do cheese. I didn't do anything that was, um, outside of a true, um, plant-based diet. Mm -hmm. And so that was my first thing because I was convinced in my mind, look, 
no one in my cancer in my cancer in my family ever had cancer. Sorry, I can't speak today. Um, no one has ever had cancer. So how is it mm-hmm. that I got this? And I, I, with all my research, I felt like it was a true case of being environmentally, yes. you know, yes. um, that it was just truly an environmental. Um, mm-hmm disease. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, self, you got yourself into this. Mm -hmm. Now, how are you going to get yourself out of this? And yeah. And so I said, okay, the first thing that I can do that I have control over, right. Mm -hmm. Is what I eat and what I drink. If I can control what I eat and what I drink, I can control anything in my life. Mm -hmm. Right. I really felt like that. That was how I felt. And so I started with the things that I knew I could control and that was changing my diet. And, um, I, I, I researched and researched and researched and I talked to specialists and naturopaths. And I said, what supplements do I need to be doing? What things can I do that are going to help along with this? Mm -hmm. And, um, I did, I I did all of those things. I mean, I had a natural path that I did, um, see on occasion to make sure that I was just kind of on the right track with Mm -hmm. the supplements and the, the, the things that were going along with it. Mm -hmm. And I will say, um, cancer treatment centers of America was phenomenal. They were not, they were unlike any place I had ever expected to see. Mm -hmm. Um, they very much take a full, um, a full health approach mm-hmm. to treating um, breast cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, once I got there and became an established patient, I was given a nutritionist. I was given a naturopath mm-hmm. um, that was in the facility. So not only was I seeing an oncologist and and surgeon and all of those things, but these people actually cared about yeah. my health as a whole. That's right? Awesome. They wanted to give me all the tools to have mm-hmm. a fully healthy body, not just a body body free of cancer. Right. Right. And to me, that is what sold me. That is what sold me on going there was that whole full health approach. So I did go very holistic in terms of, you know, in terms of diet and supplements and things like that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I believe that so much of what we put into our bodies really affects us, you know, our, our health. Um, so from the, from August until when did you start treatment with, uh, the so I start, I, I will, well, you know, I'm going to tell on myself a little here <laughs> <laughs> because I got the results in August, but I am, as you might've noticed, I'm a little bit stubborn. So <laughs> I, I did lots and lots of research. So I actually didn't start treatment in until 12 weeks down the road (laughs) through all of the the opinion, the multiples of opinions Mm -hmm. and, um, things like that. I didn't actually start my first treatment until 12 weeks down the road. I got enrolled in the clinical trial finally. And two weeks later they started my treatment. Um, so, um, I got started actually, um, uh, the first of November, Mm -hmm. So it was 11 or 12 weeks. So, um, I started the first of November, had my first treatment and then had another one three weeks later in December. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah, I would go in and it was really interesting. They have a wonderful space where you have individual private rooms where Mm -hmm. you, you know, it's super comfortable and, um, and my husband and I would go and honestly, (laughs) it became um, almost like, I know this sounds crazy, but it became almost like a date for yes. us, right? Yes. Because 
we put everything else aside Mm -hmm. on those days and he would bring his computer and I would bring my computer, Mm -hmm. but we rarely ever got them out because we would sit in the treatment room, you know, Mm -hmm. after my morning of seeing all the doctors and Mm -hmm. and all the blood work and all those things, we would go to the treatment room and we would sit in the treatment room and we sometimes would take a nap. We would watch TV. We had, Mm -hmm. you know, we were not big TV watchers, but we found a couple of shows that we kind of started to like. Um, Sometimes we would listen to music. Sometimes we would read the Bible. Sometimes, you know, I'm not, I I don't push religion. I really don't. I know I've talked a lot about God, but that is more of a, I have a relationship with God. I don't call that a religion. I, um, I think too many people mistake one for the other. Right. And for me, it's, it's all about my relationship yes, with God. Absolutely. So, but sometimes we read the Bible because there were certain things that my husband's so very knowledgeable yes. of the Bible. Yeah. And so there's some things that he would say, I'm like, where did you get that? And he's like, yeah. well, it says it in the Bible. And I'm like, okay, well now I need to know. Right. I need to read it, right? So, <laughs> um, so sometimes we did, sometimes we would read books. Um, sometimes we would do nothing but sit there and laugh and talk. Yeah. And it was always our, our goal was always, I, when we got done, we always went to dinner mm-hmm. um, because it was just like it. Like I said, it really became a date. Yeah. We had this love. We had this Mexican restaurant that we absolutely loved the food. Mm-hmm. And so we had every treatment for nine months. Mm-hmm. We either had the Mexican restaurant or we had Panera Bread. Mm-hmm. And people laugh when I say this, but I'm like, it was it was like our little date night. You know, we, we had this time together. We turned off our phones. We made sure our children were taken care of. Somebody was picking up or bringing home or whatever they needed to do. Mm -hmm. Um, thankfully my middle son was, um, still at home and my oldest one was gone to boot camp, but my middle one was at home and he took excellent care of his sister. And, but it became our time so much so that when we had the last treatment, I remember feeling like, kind of a little sad, like, wow, you know, we're not going to have this time every three weeks together again, unless we choose to make that time. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was, it became, um, something that I definitely would have never expected. Yeah. That's awesome. That was actually going to be my next question for you is how it affected your relationship with your husband. So would you say that you two became closer and, and your relationship got stronger through all of this? It definitely did without question. Um, you know, we've always been, um, I think we've always been close anyway, you know, every husband and wife, Mm -hmm. I think for the most part are, are have, you know, that foundational closeness, Mm -hmm. but how you develop that over the years is, you know, it kind of either goes one way or the other. Um, and so I think we had always been close already because we've always lived away from family. Mm-hmm. We've really never had family living closer than maybe two hours to us. And most of the time it's been more like seven or eight hours. Mm-hmm. And so, um, the three of or my, him and myself and the three of our children, we've always known that we relied on one another, that mm-hmm. there was no other safety net, mm-hmm. um, Mm-hmm. And so we've always taken that to heart. And uh, so we were already close. But I think, you know, when you go through a marriage and you have kids, that does definitely take a toll on your relationship sure. in terms of how much time you get to spend together and mm-hmm. conversations that you have and okay. um, how deep those conversations are or whether they remain kind of surface level right. because it's, you know, there's just not enough time exactly. or there's not enough or the feeling is 
um, kind of muted Mm -hmm. because of all the other things going on in your life. So I definitely think there was some, um, you know, I think that, that there was some element of, of some of those, we just had a lot of, we had had a lot of surface level type conversations and things over, um, the, the years prior to that, it was kind of like, okay, this allowed us allowed. And I say aloud because I say I'm allowed to still be here today telling you this. And I am allowed to be able to say, I have the very best relationship with my husband that I can possibly ever ask for. But I think this, this gave us a chance to reevaluate and say, Mm -hmm. what is really important in life? You know, what is really important in our relationship? And so each you know, every third week when we would go for this, yeah. this day, it was like a time to reevaluate mm-hmm. what was really important in our relationship right. and, um, and, uh, gave us a real chance to build on that foundation. And, yeah. um, you know, what I came out and seeing is that we have a really rock solid foundation. Awesome. And, and, and I tell you uh, to this day, i thank cancer for that. Mm-hmm. I thank cancer for that because I think it allowed us to really, to really, um, take the foundation that we had mm-hmm. and create something that's unshakable. Right. Right. And you know, and I find that so many times, whether it's an illness, you know, disease, whether it's, um, just a really difficult struggle, loss, um, challenges, whatever these things in life, these hurdles, right. That maybe knock the wind out of us. They might just kind of trip us up, like whatever it is, they're so hard, but sometimes those are the the things, right, that kind of allow us to really see life for what it is or see really where we're at in life and allows us to make a decision, right? We're either going to make changes. We're going to, you know, sometimes, you know, um, we need to rebuild relationships um, because we have been maybe building on a weak foundation and, um, and things just keep falling apart. And sometimes those situations, you know, they just, they really give us a different perspective um, and allow us to, kind of get rid of all the fluff and the stuff that doesn't really matter. And the stuff that doesn't serve us. Yeah. I say that all the time. Yeah. Let's rid ourselves of the things that don't serve us. Sure. And those are the, those are the things that the, the jealousy and the, yes. the anger or resentment or the, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, there's things that we hold on to that don't serve us. Yes, they exactly. don't serve our relationship. And, you know, instead there are things out there that they're, that, that are really key to mm-hmm. what serves your, you know, they really do serve your relationship. Yes. Um, yes. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, so you did your nine months of treatment. Um, and did you, when were you cleared? So I did my nine months of treatment and then, um, I chose to still have, um, I did too, there was still a, a small amount of residual disease, very okay. small amount. And, and they said, you can definitely still have a, a lumpectomy if that's what you choose. Um, and they actually kind of pushed for that. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, 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 mm-hmm. it's, that's not for me. I want to have a mastectomy. Actually, I don't want to have just a mastectomy. I want to have a double mastectomy wow. because you know what I am going to say, 
I'm telling you now, you all will never see me here. (laughs) I said, I own my healthy body and you will not see me here again. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. That was a huge, huge decision. Now, was that something that you decided on your own? Did you Mm -hmm. talk to your husband about it? How did you come to that decision? I, I definitely did talk to him, but he said, this is all you, you yes. do whatever, you know, we, we really do live a life of you do you and I'll do me kind yes. of thing. Um, yes. and, um, and so I don't, I don't, you know, early on in our relationship, mm-hmm. I think I did try pushing my ideals off on him mm-hmm. and he tried pushing his ideals off on me. And, yeah. and I think that's part of learning to, mm-hmm. um, to be with and share your, you know, share half yes. of your life with another person. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, I, but we're not, we, we're not, we aren't those people anymore. And so mm-hmm. I think we've had, we have an attitude of, of a, you do you and I'll do me. And, and he said, this is all your decision. You know, he said, I'm not in the business of giving advice because this is not, my, you know, this is not my body. This is not what I'm experiencing. You know, I wouldn't be the right person to give you advice. And he said, I will, however, support any decision that you make because no matter what you choose, you know, I'm choosing you to still be here. So however you do that is, is I will support. And, um, so for me, it was, gosh, honestly, no questions asked. I just, I knew in my mind, that's what I felt comfortable doing. That's awesome. And they tried multiple times to talk me out of it. They thought that, you know, it was excessive that I did. But for me, that was what I felt comfortable doing because I felt like, okay, I am doing the things that I can physically control, right? right? Those are the things, if I do this, I know I've done all I can in this specific part of the situation mm-hmm. that I won't be back here for the same exact thing. Right. Do I know that there's still always a possibility? Um, absolutely. It happens. It mm-hmm. happens. I choose, however, not to live my life that right. way. Right. I choose to say, I'm done. I did my thing. Mm-hmm. I participated in a clinical trial that I hope helps other people in the future. Yeah. Um, and, and I choose to just own the fact that I now have a completely and abundantly healthy body and, yes. and, 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 and that's how I move forward. Wow. So. That's powerful. That is so, so powerful. So when did you have the mis- mastectomy done? Um, after I your treatment? had that immediately at the end. So that was around, um, uh, like June, mm-hmm. June-ish. So okay. I guess I did yeah, I, I did nine treatments, but because they're every three weeks, it, you know, it's not necessarily nine exact months. Right. Um, so I say that that's not true. I did it in May. Okay. <laughs> so it was like a May 27th now that I think about yeah. it. Um, so yes, I did that in May at the end of May of 2018 awesome. and, um, went to the hospital. I was 100% fully on board. The mm-hmm. doctor said, are you sure you haven't changed your mind? I said, absolutely not. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, um, let's go. And, um, and that was that, um, you know, it was a little, it was a little, I will say it was a little more in depth than what, um, he had originally, not the disease itself. Um, the surgery in general, Mm -hmm. um, 
I chose to initially do a temporary reconstruction at the same time that I did the double mastectomy. And, um, he's, you know, had told my husband about five hours for the total surgery. Well, Mm -hmm. here's my husband and my kids and my Mm sister-in-law and they're all out there waiting. My husband said five hours came and you weren't done. And I was getting a little nervous. And and he said, then seven hours came and you weren't done. And I was getting really nervous. And then then the nurse kept coming out and giving updates. And she's like, okay, he's closing up now, you know, and Mm -hmm. it should be another hour. And then you can see her. And he said it was two hours before I could see you. So he said it was nine hours into this before... And so, um, but the doctor who does the surgery or did, did the plastic surgery was very, he's extremely methodical and, mm-hmm. ex- you know, as you can imagine with a plastic surgeon, sure. extremely cautious. And, um, he did not have some, there was another emergency, an actual emergency, emergency that pulled one of the other or one of the other plastic surgeon, because normally they do it as a team yeah. and it pulled that one. And so he did all of the entire plastic surgery himself, including okay. all of this, the, the, what he called closing up. Yeah. So it became a much longer surgery than he had sure. initially planned. Um, you know, and then I obviously when I was in the recovery room, I mean, I remember, I mean, when they put me, got me into my room, I remember, um, you know, being awake sporadically, of sure. course, as you are after surgery. But um, never was there a moment. Mm-hmm. And I honestly say this. I, that's the one thing I am. I always um, am very transparent. I would say that there never was a moment that I regretted it. Mm, awesome. It really never was. Even through the days where there was pain and there was, sure. you know, tubes and inconveniences and things like that, yeah. there never was a moment that I regretted it because mm-hmm. I knew in my heart of hearts I would never have fully been able to say I felt like I did everything I could do mm-hmm. if I hadn't done it my way. Sure, sure. So, yeah, and so um, I did the surgery, and I was in um, the recovery room. I mean, I'm sorry. I was in the hospital for about three days after the surgery, and then I was released to go home. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my husband, my family, um, my you know, extended family with my sister-in-law and friends. Um, everyone was so amazing and wonderful and brought meals and Mm -hmm. offered to do whatever they needed to do. And so, you know, um, that was quite amazing, but I will say the one thing that I was extremely, um, surprised by now that I, I I hear a lot of women who've experienced breast cancer say this Mm -hmm. over the course of going through something like that, you really see. Yes. Um, your friends, you know, you really see your family. You really see what your friends are made of. I lost friends along the way. And I say that kind of, you know, with a little extra emphasis because there was people that I thought were friends Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that they weren't, but I'm saying they, they couldn't handle that type of a situation. Like their friend status kind of reached a cap mm, when, right. when it was, I no longer know what to say to right. you, right? I no longer know whether it's okay to ask you how you are or whether right. it's okay to just be like we were before, or if I'm supposed to call you every day and right. check on you, or if I'm never supposed to ask, you know, right. there's a whole series yeah. of things that go through people's minds and, um, and, and, and some can't handle that and they pull away. And 
and that's okay. Yeah. And that's really yeah. okay. And that's such a great um, point that you're making. So <clears throat> what advice would you give to the friend that has a friend with cancer? What, what do you say? What would you, what, you know, how can you, um, how can you help, you know, versus run away? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great thing. And I think when I think back about it, the, the friends that were there, they would ask how you're doing, mm-hmm. but they didn't dwell on it. Right? right. There was no dwelling. Um, it was, you know, I had a couple of friends that said, Oh my gosh, my goodness, your medical bills, $300,000. Mm-hmm. You know, I had medical bills of $300,000 at one point. Um, the treatment alone was over $50,000 a month. Wow. And, um, and, and they said, you know, how about we set up a GoFundMe? And I'm like, no, 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 it's good. You know, I don't need that. Let's save that for somebody that does need it. Because, you know, Alan and I will figure out how to get through this. You know, um, this is, we've worked really hard and saved and say, you know, um, um, we've always saved for the rainy day. We just didn't think this would be a rainy day, but you know, let's, but like, I'm good. I'll let you know if I need that kind of thing. Um, but the people would ask, um, what, you know, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, you know, it's good. I'm hanging in there, whatever, whatever my response was to each and every of them. But then the ones that I cherished the most were like, okay, great. So can you go to lunch tomorrow? Cause like, I, you know, we just, I got to tell you this and I've got to tell you this and and I'm like, Yes. yes. Those yeah. are my people, right? Yeah. Those are my people awesome. because those are the people that I know, you know, they're not going to ask me and then ask me more and not really want to know the answer because mm-hmm. they really didn't want to know the answer. Right. They felt obligated to ask all these questions mm-hmm. because we're people. We don't right. know what to say. Right. You know, we want to make everyone feel good, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, but, but we're all so curious beings. Yes. And so we, we ask questions and some are like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And, and well, what, you know, and you tell them how your treatment day was. And I'm like thinking, this is fantastic. My treatment was awesome. And we went to this Mexican restaurant afterwards and they're like, Oh my God, but you had to sit there for six hours. Yeah. You know, so it was, um, um, I, I didn't want that. Yeah. It wasn't what was good for my heart. It wasn't right. what was good for my spirit, but they didn't know that. So I don't sure. blame them. Sure. Um, sure. But the people that I figured out were my people mm-hmm. were the people that were, they would say, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Or, you know, whatever. But then they're like, okay, great. So let's go to lunch tomorrow. Cause yes. I need to catch up on this or I need to catch yes. up on this. Or, you know, we have a, our, you know, I have friends that our daughters played volleyball together and yeah. they're like, okay, great. So you'll be at the tournament this weekend. Right. right? right. So basically um, let's keep living life. Let's not stop absolutely and put everything on hold. Perfect way to say it, Carrie. Yes. Let's keep living life, right? Yes. You know, that's the people I wanted yes. to be with because those are the people that said that made me feel like I'm just mm-hmm. continuing to live life. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's good. And you know, and the reality is, and I love. I've heard this in you know so many times that you know some people are not meant to be in every season of our life. There are Correct. some friends that are, they're seasonal, you know, and then there's others that are forever, um, yes. you know, so that's okay. And like you said, it doesn't mean you don't love them still, you that you dislike anyone, but it's just you were meant for this period. I, I was meant for this exactly. period in your life and vice versa. Um, so, so that's I say okay. that about everything. Yeah. My husband and I have had friends, you know, that were couples mm-hmm. and, and they were 
right for the season. Yes. They were right for the season of our lives. We've had very few couple friends that have remained friends the entire 23 years that we've been married, but they were right for the season. And I'm certain we were right for their season. You're exactly right. It's the same for friendships. We we, you're right for a season and, and you're, you know, as I said, we already know God has already written our story. And so the people that are put in our path during the different seasons of our lives are there for a reason. But it doesn't mean that when that season changes, Mm -hmm. that the scenery doesn't change as well. Exactly. Exactly. So what are you doing today? Tell us. So you're, you're cancer free. Your marriage is amazing. um, Stronger than ever. You're children are doing great um you've you are you've gone from surviving you're thriving right now and from our last conversation you are thriving in your business as well (laughs) so let's just jump into that right now and tell us a little bit about that yeah, I've been I've been very very fortunate. Um, you know, we've all experienced adversities in our lives, um, dating back to when we were probably children. But um, I, I over my lifetime, I've really realized it's all about how um, how we choose to move forward. You know, I. I, I, I remember going from part through or looking back at parts of my life and how I was always living either in the past or in the present. I mean, in the in the past or in the future, but never in the present. Right. right? And so um, that was one of the things that I decided was, no, 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 I'm going to live in the I'm going to start living in the present. I don't want to live in the past anymore and I don't want to skip to the future. So mm-hmm. um, and so with that brought me. Um, I had been doing, I had been, um, a business coach prior to this, and I really focused a lot on, um, helping people learn to really build key business relationships. And, um, this was prior to cancer even. And so I, I, you know, I had been in that space and I felt really good about what I was doing because I really was able to help people see results. And then, um, someone really approached me and said, you know, you really helped me with this. I was wondering if I could ask you a few questions because I think maybe you might be able to help me with this. And, and it was, um, someone said to me, you know, maybe you could give me some advice. And I said, well, hang on. I don't give advice. Mm -hmm. And they said, but you're a coach. That's what coaches do. No, no, no. I don't give advice. Because advice is way overrated in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, advice doesn't serve you. Here's my advice doesn't serve you. Here's why. My advice comes based upon my past experiences and my past perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a direct result of the things that I've experienced. You haven't experienced the same things as me. So my advice does you no good. What I will do is to see if together we can um, uncover Mm -hmm. the things that are really at the root of what you're looking to solve, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. to me, that's entirely different than advice. Mm-hmm. And so um, this this person was speaking gen- generally about um, her marital relationship. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I will absolutely agree to help you do this. And, and because I think you're thriving now in your business, and I would love to see you thriving in your marriage too. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm an advocate. I'm a oh, man. I'm such an advocate, and I'm sure you are too, Gary. Yeah. I'm such an advocate of saving a relationship yes. if there's something to save, right? Yes, absolutely. Too many, as we can see from a 55 percent divorce rate mm-hmm. in the United States, um, yes. I think so many people are willing to throw in the towel before they ever even wipe up the spill. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I, I, um, I. I'm really an advocate of, of doing all you can to try and save it mm-hmm. with the exception of, you know, giving away who you are exactly. internally, yes. who you are authentically. Yes. But outside of that, I think, you know, that, that, that if it can, if it can be saved, it should at least be tried. Yes. So I, I said, yes, I'll do this. And, um, I did start working with her and we had, we, we were able to uncover some things that were really holding her back in her, in her marriage. And there was, then, you know, we were able to help her a husband uncover some things that really was keeping him from being able to allow her into his space. Mm-hmm. And, um, through those, you know, this, this couple was able to really rekindle, mm-hmm. um, a marriage that 19, they were 19 years into and were about wow. to walk away from. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, I don't know about anyone else. I laugh and say, I don't want to retrain someone else after 19 years. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but no, really, um, you know, 19 years is a lot, a lot yes. to throw away, a lot of memories. Okay. And so to see them be able to save that was phenomenal. Yes. And someone said to me, you have a real gift. You mm-hmm. have a real gift. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to share that with, with people. And, um, I, and, and so I found, um, my, I really found a niche there, mm-hmm. um, where, where I was able to provide value to people's lives, right? Mm-hmm. I was actually able to provide value to people's lives. I wasn't providing value to myself anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause yeah. when I was a business coach, I felt like Yes, I'm helping them, but but I was providing, I was validating myself as being a good business person. Right, right. And and this was different. This mm-hmm. was different because I was I was I didn't need validation for me. My mm-hmm. marriage was already good. Right, right. <laughs> so I was like the what I need. It, you know what I wanted to do was provide them value, and this mm-hmm. was um, able to allow me to do that. And and really, I started from there, um, being a little bit afraid of of technology and, and trying to build an online business and so forth, as I told you. Mm -hmm. So I really started building a local business and I really started building a business based on referrals Mm -hmm. and people that were, um, you know, coming to me asking for their help or asking for my help in with their situation. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, and I really built my business offline before I ever thought about doing anything online, mm-hmm. because frankly, I just don't think I'm always the best with technology. Right. So. Right. Oh, that is awesome. That's awesome. And that, so we were talking about that and I thought that that was so amazing how you just basically got booked out from referrals and, um, just from people that you knew and connected with in your community. Um, mm-hmm. that is amazing. Wow. Well, People will say to me all the time, you've got to get all of those referrals put online. And then I freeze a little and I get a little scared and I'm like, ah, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do, you know, I don't know how to create a website. Right, right. And I'm like, oh, I got to, now I have to learn more things. Right. um, Yeah. And Uh, so, you know, but life is about learning and life is about the journey and life is about the process and getting you know, and keeping your eye on the prize on what's the, on the other side of getting mm-hmm. through the pain. Yes. And, uh, 
And so, um, you know, that's, I'm, I'm trying to move a little more in that direction because mm-hmm. I feel like I can help even more people. Right. Yes, but, sure. um, it is uh, for someone that doesn't love technology. It's like, um, a little, yes. you know, a little out of my comfort zone. <laughs> right. Right. But no, it sounds like you've done amazing and, and, you know, and quite honestly, I think we can just get caught up in all the noise. And I think that you have just shown in your life, just in general, you know, that you, you know, you're an advocate for yourself. You go after what you want, you know, you, um, you did it for, you know, for your breast cancer, just going and studying and researching and, um, and, and you've done it for your marriage and your children and your business. And that's, that's amazing. I mean, it's gotten you where you are today. So, uh, you haven't really needed the technology, right? Although we're grateful <laughs> for it because if it wasn't for technology, we wouldn't be we here. Wouldn't be here. <laughs> So we're grateful for that too, but, um, everything in its season, right? That's, that is right. That is so true. Yeah. That is awesome. So how can people reach you? How can my audience get in touch with you? Um, you know, is there, do you have, um, any programs coming up or courses? Yes, 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 yes. So a couple of things that I have coming up, um, you know, I'm actually, I should have a book releasing in the, in December, um, hopefully just, just before Christmas. Um, it is called awakening with grace and it really is kind of my story, how God used my, um, my begging for grace and mercy mm-hmm. to get through this cancer diagnosis, um, to kind of, um, lead me on more of a spiritual awakening Mm -hmm. to where, um, I realized that what I was missing in my life was just true joy, Mm -hmm. right? I knew how to get the things that I wanted in business. And I knew how to get to, I always knew how to get things that I wanted, but I didn't, I wasn't always saying self, is this what you really want? Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, it's kind of my, as I said, it's called awakening with grace and it's really, um, how, um, how, how my journey, um, led me to a spiritual awakening just from begging God for that mercy and grace to, to get to the other side. That's awesome. That is awesome. I look forward to that coming out. You said December. That'll be coming out in December. Um, yeah, I uh, hopefully, yes. <laughs> hopefully, if there's no snags. Um, yes. I should actually be coming out in December. Mm-hmm. And then I am working on um, a program called Daily Nourishment, mm-hmm. where um, we will have. Um, um, just kind of a program for, you know, that daily nourishment for your relationship, the daily nourishment for your, your mind and soul mm-hmm. and, 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 and even an aspect to the health side of it awesome. where, um, we have a day, you know, have daily nourishment, um, techniques and, um, guidance for, uh, getting healthier bodies. So, so that. yeah, I'm, I have those coming up and I'm so looking forward to that because that gave me, um, the ability to share so much of the, 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 so many of the things that I learned from this cancer journey, it was like, you know, so I learned how to get to a healthier body and I learned mm-hmm. how to get to, um, you know, that, that healthier, um, um, mindset mm-hmm. and, um, really through kind of that spiritual awakening, how to get to, um, that, you know, feeling like I had, 
soul that was really replenished and nourished. Yeah, and um, so, yeah, so that, that I've, I've, I, I kind of knew that I needed to share that information with people. Yeah. I wasn't sure what the right way to do that was or the right platform to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that because I think it's things that no matter what your situation, it doesn't need to be cancer. It doesn't need to be a critical illness. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just in daily life. Like, yes. um, yeah, let's, we really have to, feed the things that we want to grow. Exactly. It's like watering the seed, you yeah. know, plant the seed yeah. and it needs to be watered. Yeah. That's exactly. awesome. And, and I guess you asked me how people can reach me. You yes. know, I'm on social media. I have um, a Facebook page. My name is obviously it's Crystal Watterson. Um, I have a, a, a business page, Crystal Watterson Consulting. Um, and you can also just, they can just go to www.crystalwatterson.com. Awesome. That is awesome. I'll make sure to add all of that to the show. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And I can really just uncover so much more. This has been a great, great time. We'll just have to schedule a part two sometime. Exactly. (laughs) Really. We really will have to. I love this. um, And I look forward to to doing um, another episode with you. Um, I thank you so much for taking this time out today. Um, and your story is, is really just truly amazing. Um, so, you know, as always, I know that it's going to, you know, to bless many people. So I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. And I, you know, and I really do hope that that's what comes out of it. I've Mm -hmm. always hoped that, um, you know, just blessing other people, whether it's with knowledge that they didn't know, or, um, you know, a mindset of, um, of, you know, you can, you can truly do whatever it is that you want to do. Um, you can truly have a life of abundance if that is, you know, whatever it is that comes out of it. I always say, I just want it to bless someone Mm -hmm. else. Um, otherwise what is really, the purpose in anything that we do. Exactly. I agree. I completely agree. I always say, God, if I go through whatever I'm going through and I bless someone else in the process or after the process, then it's worth it. You know, I agree. I agree completely. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I have really chosen through all of this to come to a, um, a point where I live my life by, okay, what is the lesson Mm -hmm. and looking to the other side of that lesson. Right. So I'm here and I need, and, and, and I, I know that there's going to be some pain to get there, but look at what's on the other side of that lesson or that pain. And it, with that kind of a um, mindset, I really think that it allows you to not only endure, Mm -hmm. but embrace the pain or the uncomfortableness that you have to go through. Yes, so. yes, and learn that lesson. I, I, we, yeah. Prior to the recording, we talked about you being a conduit, and it's kind of like, I think of it like, you know, we're vessels to just kind yes. of carrying on. And, and that's really the point of this podcast. You know, I want to be that vessel to, you know, just helping people in rebuilding their relationships and realizing that they can come back. I, it's like I say to my son, um, there's the there's probably two things I can't fix. I tell my son, I t- I can't fix death, and I can't fix like charges going to jail. Those are probably two things I really are out of my control. But 
everything else I tell them it's it's pretty much fixable we can figure it out um right we can you know we'll get through it you know so uh, it doesn't matter you know it's really about the lesson you know it's really about the lesson um and um we we associate I think and and I won't go down this rabbit hole we'll say we can save this for part two but (laughs) just to say that I think that we associate feelings of guilt or shame with so many so much of what we do that um we have to take those things away and we have to forget about the guilt and we have to forget about the shame because those don't serve us and they don't serve anyone else right so we have to get rid of those feelings of guilt and shame Mm -hmm. and just embrace it for what it is it's a lesson right you know okay so you um, wrecked your car you know whatever the situation is exactly we just have to take away the guilt and the shame yes. because we, you know, guilt and shame isn't something that comes from God. But guilt and shame come from society. Yes. So get rid of those things that don't serve us exactly. or don't serve God exactly. and move to the things that do, which is embracing that uncomfortableness, embracing that pain mm-hmm. because there's something on the other side of it that's going yes. to serve you. So true. So, so true. And it's yeah. like you said, you know, if you're alive, the car is wrecked, but you're alive. We can fix it. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. It can be fixed. And who cares yes. if all your friends drive down the highway and see you on the side of the road with a wrecked car? Yes. You know, it doesn't yes. matter. I think In the sometimes. grand scheme of things, you're alive. <laughs> so true. I Sometimes I say to myself, I think, you know, I'm like, I wonder if people think either like you're crazy or you have like no value for material things because people will come over or, or they'll, you know, be in the car and they're like, oh my goodness, you know, if they have a baby, oh, I don't want them to ruin this. And I always tell people there's really nothing that can be ruined or destroyed that I really care about that much. Like at the end of the day, I care about our moment, this relationship, this memory. And if part of the memory means that, oh, you spilled wine on the couch or the floor, the rug or the carpet... So, so who be cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's, let, who cares? We move on. You know, it, that's material. Right. So I right. always say it's not that I don't care or value money or the cost of things, but I value it's relationships. It's just not my priority. Relationships are number it's, one. Yes. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I, it's just not my priority. Yes. I spent way too many years in my younger life um, yes. being concerned about those things. Yes. Was my house perfectly clean when yeah. somebody was come, going to drop by? Yes. Um, was there something spilled on the carpet? Yes. And, oh, my goodness, I need to get the carpet cleaner out and clean it yes. so no one can see it and was my car clean on the inside yes. I do like a clean car though I'll tell on myself a little oh, bit yeah. I do like my yeah. car clean. Yeah. <laughs> but um but you know just in general I think there's so many things that I spent so much time worrying yes. about yeah in the grand scheme of things in the end they didn't serve me it they is. didn't serve me yes. so I kept a clean house and so I kept a clean car and so I yelled at my kids because the room wasn't clean right. what do they remember all about right. that exactly they remember mom was super strict and would yell at them about their room <laughs> being right. clean right they right. didn't remember the house was clean and people yes. would say oh my gosh your house is so clean exactly because they didn't care about those they things <laughs> exactly exactly so, yeah I think we put way too much um emphasis on the things that are priorities to society mm-hmm. and not priority to us and that's where I said at one point wait is do I want this because other people want this and they tell me I should want this or do I want this because this is what brings me you know true joy I will never remember I'll never forget I'm sorry going through the desire mapping Mm -hmm. by um Danielle Laporte Mm -hmm. and and 
And when I started really digging into the things that were things that gave me joy, Mm -hmm. I'm like, holy cow, none of this is what, you know, had you asked me yesterday what brought me joy, I could have given you a list of things. This is none of them. When I get to the real root of what brings me joy, I sat down and wrote like six post-it notes and put them on my bathroom mirror because I'm like, these are the things that that you should focus your time and attention on because these are the things that truly bring you, you know, authentic joy. And so, um, just so much change has changed in my, over my lifetime and especially the past couple of years about really looking at what brings you Mm -hmm. joy instead of just, and it's relationships and it's people and it's, um, experiences Mm -hmm. and, you know, just not, I, yeah, I, like I said, this could go on for days yes. and, and we'll have to talk about this on um, part two because yes. I really, oh, I love you know, that. there's so many things that, that, um, yeah, so many mm-hmm. things, so many more things that you and I could both say. So. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, but I love that. I love all of that. We've learned so much from you. Um, and I thank you very much again. Um, and I look forward to the next time we meet again. Awesome. And we, we talk. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, I, I, I look forward to it. So I, um, you and I will touch base afterwards. But I thank you for having me. And I hope that there was just some little something somewhere along here that provides value to someone else. And um, if I can accomplish that, I honestly, I feel like I'm, I'm serving the purpose that, that, that God has for me. So yes, absolutely. And you have, you truly have. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. And we will talk soon. Okay. All Fantastic. Right. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you so much for listening to the Rebuilding Relationships podcast. I hope that I have served you on the highest level. And if I have, please be sure to share this episode and give me a great rating on iTunes so that I can continue to serve you and others. Now head on over to my website and grab your free copy of the first chapter of my book called Recreate Your Love. It's coming out soon. My website is www.passion4visions.com. And while you're there, go ahead and check out more of my services. My heart is always to serve you with much love. Have an amazing week and be sure to head back next week for our next episode. Please understand that anything shared on my show, the Rebuilding Relationships podcast, is intended to give you tips, tools, and strategies to help you transform your relationships and your life. While I am a certified coach, I am not a licensed therapist or a doctor. So please be sure to seek professional medical advice when you feel necessary. Take care.